Uh, let's go on studying what it means to ask in faith as part of our series of teachings, how to receive from the hand of the Lord. We have been reading from the book of James chapter 1, from verse 5, in which James says, if anyone lacks wisdom, and we apply it to many other things, not just wisdom, if he lacks finances, if he lacks a wife, lacks a husband, wants to have children, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given him. I want you to do something here. James was emphatic. I mean, he was clear about it. He said, it will be given him. He said, but, these are the reasons why he may not get it. If he does not ask in faith, James said, let him ask in faith without doubting. For he who doubts is like the surf of the sea, driven and tossed by the wind. Such a one, he says, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord, because he's double-minded and is unstable in all his ways. Now, I've been looking at that. One, that God is our source. We must not put our eyes somewhere else. We shouldn't trust in God today and tomorrow trust in friends. We shouldn't trust in God today and tomorrow trust in the government. Our trust must be in God at all times. God can use any of these people to help us. Remember, anytime we go to God to ask in prayer, we are asking in the name of Jesus. I must not forget to emphasize that. We are not asking in the power of what we have done. So we go to God and say to him, you only are our source. Like David said, as the eyes of the servants look to the hand of the master, so our eyes look to the Lord our God, and we expect him to be gracious to us. And we also said that anybody praying should understand what really he's asking for. It should be specific, and the specificity is not on outward things. If I need a car, it is not it must be red, it must be Toyota, it must be Lamborghini, no. I need a car, I know the things that are supposed to do for me. So that if God, if I initially when I started praying, I was praying for a pojo, and God gives me very beautiful care, I will still accept. If when I started praying, I was asking for a Volkswagen, and God comes in and gives me a BMW, it is still good. So I know the real need I have. So the specificity must not be engineered to cause confusion in our souls. You start asking for a wife, you say, okay, you want to know her weight, she must weigh, be, she must weigh 65 kg. That is not the specificity that God is telling us. You cannot demand of God, I must work in uh, an oil company. God may say, there is something new that, that I'm about to bring onto the earth, and that's where I want to take you to. Before people started making billions in these internet uh, companies, many people did not know those things existed. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's why we must be open to God, and our specificity must not be such that we limit His ability to bless us in different ways. If it's a blessing of finances we want, let us remember to ask Him for the blessing of finances. So those are the things that we have been explaining, talking about being double-minded. Another thing I should explain about this specificity, which is what I was saying earlier, is that we must be careful to ask for things that are based upon the Word of God. Remember some time ago in this series, I talked about discipleship. That a disciple understands the mind of God. When you are going to God to pray, therefore, it is crucial you understand the scriptures and you base your prayer on what he has spoken. The advantage of that is that it gives you the basis of faith. It makes you very solid in your heart so that you are not tossed to and fro like the sea being driven by the wind. You know that this is what God wants me to have. For example, some people say the gospel of prosperity is worldliness. I say it's not true. Why? Because the scripture says it clearly. It said, Behold, I cause prosperity to flow towards you like a river, and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. 
Paul said, God is able to make all grace abound towards you, that you having all sufficiency in all things, you superabound unto every good work. He said, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches, not the earthly riches, according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We, know, we have all these scriptures, so if we are saying that we will not walk in poverty, it is not because we are looking at our neighbor. Once I have not fulfilled according to what is recorded, then I continue to alter my prayers to God. I don't care about other people. The primary thing is between me and my God. I'm not competing with anybody. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? People say, sometimes say that, uh, you know, maybe your sickness, maybe God is using it to test you and try you. I say, if that's the case, please quickly pass the test and come out of sickness. Are you getting my point? Because the scriptures make it clear. I have a scripture for it that himself took my infirmities and my diseases and by his stripes I have been healed. That is the word of God. So I hope in that word. Hope means to have an expectation, all right? It doesn't mean to have a wish. I have my expectation based upon that word. The word of God is a foundation for faith. If we are not filled, in fact, I have to go back to it. In that John chapter 15 that we're reading, the words of the Lord Jesus Christ, he said, if my words abide in you, you will be able to ask whatever you wish and it will be done. Listen, you cannot ask in faith except the word of God abides in you. That's why people that are always looking for who to pray for them, they really have a problem. Because people who pray for you often, they don't teach you anything. They just put a hand on you and say you are free. The other day I was watching on TV. One man, it's interesting, you know, I, I'm not trying to be critical, but I want to just help people who are listening, all right? He was saying that, okay, you, you have had this problem, you have had this problem. He would describe the person's problem. And then he say, he puts a hand on the person and say, you are free. Uh, something like, um, say, okay, you know, you, 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 you're having business problems. Your father used to have it. Your grandfather used to have it. You see, it's the same demon that's chasing your father, that chased your grandfather. He's about to chase you now. That's why you're having business problems. He said, you put a hand on the person's head. He said, now you are free. And he goes away. And I said, look, oh boy, you are not free. Looking from my house, the Bible said they have healed the heart of the daughters of my people slightly by saying, peace, peace, when indeed there is no peace. Just putting a hand on the man's head is not going to make him free for more than a week. Are you getting my point? If that man wants to be free properly, Jesus said this is how to be free. You shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. It is the truth of God that fills your heart that will make you free. That is, you must, you must be filled with the knowledge of God. You must, God means, in fact, look at that past, the, kind of, the one I told you now. The man who was told that uh, you have business problems, your grandfather had it, your father had it. Look, God says the truth. Number one, you need your sins forgiven. Number two, you may need to learn certain principles of working in life, which is what you learned. Maybe you learned the wrong one from your father. Who learned it from his own father? You understand? They don't understand how to work in integrity. They did not understand how to do proper accounting. Maybe this man doesn't know all of these things. But if the man goes after the word of God, the word of God will reveal to him how to handle his situations. I said something the other time, and that's the fact that the answer of God to our prayers, sometimes it comes in stages. That man, yes, Jesus sets him free instantly by faith that he has in the blood of Jesus, not by the laying on of hands, but by the faith that he has in the power of the blood of Jesus. Then God begins to teach him, this is how to walk, this is how to live, this is how to move. What am I trying to say here? It is knowledge that gives you confidence. If tomorrow the devil that was harassing him before wants to come back to him, he has a word of God which says to him, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It is that knowledge that makes the fellow not to be double-minded. Do you understand my point? Let me just say something briefly as I close. Every human being, please, this double-mindedness thing, instability in all your ways, 
will not help you in life. Look at the people's Christian work. No, they, they, they make me laugh because they don't go for knowledge. The other time people said that, uh, sorry, somebody said they went to hellfire and they got to hellfire and they saw women who had the earring there and they saw women that had their attachment in their head there. And people were running up and down, removing their earrings, removing their attachment in their heads. And I was laughing. And that's why I wrote the tract, Who is Going to Hell? And if you have not read the tract, please go to our, our website, kwm.com.ng and go and download the tract there and read it. Who is going to hell? And I laughed at people. I said, where did you ever read in your Bible that God sent people to hellfire because they had earrings? I said, look, why don't you just read the scriptures? Why are you tossed to and fro? Some people now say, okay, this is where I'm going. Some now say, ah, you never can tell just to be safe. You know, there's nothing to lose. I said, there is something to lose. What is there to lose? You are showing in the realm of the spirit that you are unstable. Somebody will come tomorrow and say, anybody that wears red is going to hellfire because red is the color of the devil. And that's it. You stop, you go to your wardrobe, remove red clothes. The other person will come and say, no, anybody that does not wear red does not recognize the blood of Jesus. So it's not saved. Then, <laughs> then you go and buy red clothes. It's called instability. That's why your life is confused. So they will be lying to you that your neighbor is a one, your neighbor is a witch. I keep on saying, your neighbor also thinks you are a witch. But... <laughs> The way, you are, the way somebody has prophesied to you that your neighbor is a witch, so has, has somebody prophesied to your neighbor too that you are a witch. Why don't you just settle down and learn the word of God and let your life have stability? You have just listened to a radio message by Pastor Banky. More of this and other messages are available from our website, kwm.com.ng. To contact us, write us at Radio Sermons at gmail.com and do not forget to do your part in spreading the kingdom of God by sharing this message with someone else. Thank you for listening and may the fruit of this word blossom in your life.